Welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. I'm here in the studio with Kaylee. And then we also have a very special guest, Rachel Latner, who's a friend of ours. I'm very excited to have her on. She is a nationally qualified bikini competitor, a nurse practitioner, an all-around rock star. So So we're very, very excited to chat with you. We listened to your your episode with Naima on Bikini Diaries, which was incredible. And so we're really excited to chat with you today. Well, thank you. So let's just start off. Um, I met you, we met last year, uh, which was kind uh-huh. of a fun, a fun little story that maybe we can get into later. But what first got you into competing, Rachel? I mean, what's your, what's your background in fitness or sports or what, how did you find out about it? How did you start doing it? I'm, well, when I was in high school, I did cheerleading, competitive cheerleading. I was also a gymnast growing up. Um, and then I did dance all through college and then a little bit afterwards in Chicago. Um, and then kind of I got to a point where I was just burnt out and um, I really didn't feel like I was progressing anymore in terms of dance and I just kind of was exhausted. So I wanted to do something different and I started lifting weights a little bit because my sister was starting to do it but I wasn't doing it very regularly. So I was lifting weights for probably about a year and um, no schedule, no specific plan, nothing like that, just kind of going to the gym and looking around and (laughs) trying different things. And then I went and saw my sister compete. She was doing a competition um, in Chicago. And so I went to go see her. And at the time she was doing figure or no, sorry, she was doing fitness. So I saw her do her first competition. Mind you, she had a two-year-old at the time. So she was already had a a daughter. Um, You know, she was a single mom. She did this competition, and I went to the show, and I just saw the girls on stage, and I was like, oh, my gosh. They look so good. I was like, I don't know if I could ever be in that kind of shape but I just made a commitment to myself afterwards to be like okay I'm going to do whatever it takes just to to kind of test it out and see how far I can take myself and even if I don't get to that level I just want to see what kind of conditioning I can actually get to so I started on kind of on the down low prepping for a competition. Like I didn't tell anyone. I was just like, I'm just going to see how far I can take it. And then in 2014, I competed at my first show in Illinois. It was at, the, at Ottawa. Um, I forget. I think it's like mid Illinois or something like that. Um, so I did that one and I didn't play. So I did horrible. I mean, you know that oh, no. when. <laughs> did- yeah, no, it was horrible. Oh, no. I, I, I didn't know anything about, like, the nutrition side. I prepped myself. I didn't know anything about the nutrition side. And I I was a nurse at the time. But they don't really teach you. They teach you, like, the food pyramid. But, you know, with competing, the food pyramid, I mean, that's irrelevant. Yeah, that throw, throw that in the garbage. For yeah, exactly. Like, if you're trying to, like, compete or train yourself and eat for a specific goal, you can't just – go on, you know, ADA and follow the food pyramid and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to get there. It just doesn't work that way. So I was on just my diet was, it was horrible. Like I was eating healthy stuff, but just not the right proportions. And 
um, I didn't have a coach, and so I had taken some advice from quote-unquote coaches, <laughs> mm. and uh, I think we've all been there, and there was, yeah, not great advice, um, so I was just super low-calorie, and I ended up competing, did horrible, you know, I was proud of myself, um, but, you know, I just kind of wanted to keep going with it, so then the second competition that year, I looked better, um, and same thing with the third competition, I, I looked even better that year. Um, but I, I don't think that, I think the one of them I got like top 10 or something like that, but not anything, you know, really that impressive. And after that, I just kept kind of going with it where, you know, I'd take an off season, um, and then I would go and compete again. I did take one year off when I, in 2017, I competed 2017, I took 2017 to 2018 off. Um, at the time, I had I was married, so kind of a long story. But um, when I first started competing, I was dating this guy, and we had been dating for a while, and we were dating for eight years total, and then we were married for three. And then after I competed in 2017, like during that whole time, things weren't good, um, and things just kept getting worse and worse. And um, I was trying to kind of push off, push off the inevitable, but we ended up getting a divorce. And during that time, um, I ended up gaining a ton of weight, like so much weight. Um, it was the heaviest I ever was. I ended up getting all the way up to 154, I remember, and I'm 5'1". So that's a lot. That's how much Kaylee and I weigh, roughly. Am. Yeah, you guys we're, are we're over five eight, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and especially for like a competitor, and you know that has a lot to do with it too. Is like you know competing and putting your body through that stress that just kind of um, it takes a toll on your body. And then if you don't know how to manage it properly, then you can kind of get to the flip side because your hormones are out of whack. Your body is just not regulated as the way it should be. So. Um, so yeah, so I, I got divorced. I gained a bunch of weight. Um, I, during this time, I decided to move to LA and I started working at a hormone clinic in Beverly Hills. And, um, I wanted to, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to compete again, but I need to get myself to be as healthy as possible and to just feel good in my own skin again and just be comfortable because I think a lot of the weight, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, it's like, it's not just about the number. It's like this uncomfortable feeling that you're having. Like, you just don't feel good in your own skin. So then I started getting off the weight, but doing it in kind of the best way I possibly could and just changing my mindset around it and um, making sure that I was getting the proper nutrients that I needed as well. Rachel, what were you actually doing with your with your diet and your workouts at that time? So I had, you know, since I competed, the first competition I did, I didn't have a coach the first year I did. But then after that, I had tried a bunch of different coaches. And some of them were okay. Some of them were not that great. Um, and kind of wanted to do crazy amounts of cardio or something like that. Um, or super, super low calories or, you know, whatever. 
So I had teamed up with uh, Casey Marshall and Team Boss Bodies, and that seemed to be more of a a better fit for me because it just it was something that you could do cheat meals through, so that's important for metabolism and also for your hormones. And it was something that was more gradual instead of so drastic. Anything you try to do that's so drastic, you try to cut your calories, try to cut your carbs completely. And I know some people will fight back and say keto, whatever, but I, it really messes up with your metabolism and also your hormones. Your body, you're putting your body through a lot of stress and through a lot of shock. And it doesn't have the time to adjust. And so then, you know, it may work for a time be- being, but in terms of the long term, it's not it's not a, a healthy approach. And that was really my goal is that I need to do this in the best way possible so that I can make this more sustainable. That's amazing. And you've done yeah. you've done so well. You and I both competed at USA's last summer. And yeah, so yeah, after I on um, USA's, it was great. I did that one on. I, I got to I got to um, do your glaze when you won your overall. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> I do. Yeah, that um, was that was yeah, a funny day. I mean, just I think just a funny story, and I think one of the reasons why I love competing is because I've made so many amazing friends, and I feel like the women that compete, most of them are just truly incredible in how much they do and who they are as people. So. That day, Kaylee and I went to work the Body by O and Muscle Contest boost like we normally do for our coach, Body by O, and it's really fun. And, and they we show up that morning, and they look at us, and they say, well, Tan Masters had a, had a girl call out, so one of you girls is going to need to do the glazing for the show. And mind you, we're both prepping for shows. So yeah. <laughs> it was imperative that we get meals and water, and I, I know personally that glazing takes a lot of time, and it's like a workout. Yeah. Throughout the day. Yeah. So. so our decision, our decision that when it came down to it was Kaylee was much farther into prep. I had kind of just started. So I decided to do the glazing. And once I got going with it, it was, I was the only one there that day. So I actually lost, I think I lost, that was my rest day. I lost, I think three pounds that day. I weighed myself the next morning, but oh my God. I, I remember meeting you and you looked so amazing. And then I remember seeing at finals seeing you win the overall and I was so I was just so excited for you and yeah um, you looked you looked incredible that day so it's a very very memorable day for me <laughs> as I'm you. sure it is for you because you did so, so yeah incredible. it was so fun and it was uh, my first time at a muscle contest and they're just so great you know very organized um, and just really there for the athletes and so I I love that competition, and yeah, we chatted up a little bit backstage, and I was just so impressed with you, too. I was like, oh, wow, like, she's really smart, you know, and she's just so sweet, like, it's so great. Yeah, it was, it'll be, it'll be great to see you get on stage again. I know this year has been very strange with COVID and and lockdown and all of that. How has that affected you in in your plans for competing in the future? it's been tough. I think that I'm very fortunate in certain ways. I, I think that a lot of other people have had worse circumstances, but um, I think the hardest part throughout this whole thing is the mental aspect of it because it, the whole COVID situation brings on this aspect that really just unpredictability. Like, you know, are, if you perhaps you're out, are you going to be able to compete or are you not going to be able to compete? Like, you know, even with work situation, are you going to, is your work going to be stable enough for you to do that or not? So 
I, when the COVID situation happened, the gym closed down. I was lucky that my landlord, he had a bunch of gym equipment, so I was able to work out still. But mentally, and I think that if anyone's competed before, they've probably experienced this. There's a difference between following your plan and actually like doing it 120%. And initially that's how I was. I was like, yeah, I'm doing the plan and I'm working out and I'm getting done what I need to get done. But mentally I just, I wasn't there. And now that the gyms are open back up, I feel more focused. So the plan is for North Americans, which is 10 weeks away. Um, it's kind of a mystery whether or not that will, you know, if there will be any hiccups or bumps or how the competition will actually be run. But I think the best part throughout this whole thing is that I made the decision wholeheartedly that I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to prep the best I can and give it 120%, you know, and do my part and whatever happens, happens. So that has really helped change my mind and um, just helped me become more focused. Look amazing for, for 10 weeks out. So we'll obviously be rooting for you, but you look you look awesome. I know you kind of had to put your prep on pause earlier in the year with everything going on. But... Thank you. I appreciate that. And you guys look amazing too. Kaylee, uh, your glutes, I don't... <laughs> Holy cow. I feel like they literally grew overnight. I am trying, girl. I am right there with you, too, nine weeks out. So I am definitely quarantine was a little bit different, but I think we actually talked about it on another episode that it is, it was such a mind, God, I want to say a mind fuck. Like it just, because I was prepping up to my show in March and then two weeks before the show, it was canceled, gyms closed. And now all of a sudden, oh crap, <laughs> okay, now do I go into off season all of a sudden? And I think you, it sounds like you're similar in the fact that you have that mindset of going into a prep and then a mindset of going into off season and you probably were in the same same situation, yeah, where you're prepping for a show that then gets postponed or canceled or whatever. And now when are even shows going to start happening and then add on top of that job, add on top of that gyms and not being able to prep, like you said, 120%. Laura and I are both like that. So I just took advantage and I know how important recovery is and something that I Uh didn't really focus as much on through preps was recovery and sleep and also just doing really, really isolated movements including glutes. So I would, I want to have the best glutes. Okay. Like that is my, one of my goals or be known for my glutes. So I just took that and put it all into literally my glutes <laughs> over quarantine. It and works. so hopefully fingers crossed in nine weeks, it'll show through, but I think so. I think you look awesome. It's such an interesting thing with food and and nutrition. It's like, it's not really, I feel like sometimes when you're not on plan or you're not feeding yourself like the way that you should be, um, either over under like, or unhealthy foods or whatever the case is, it's not something that you always notice right away. But yeah, when you try to 
get through things that require more like extended bursts of energy or, you know, gym or whether it's life or focus or just mentally, like that's where you notice it. So it's more like a delayed seeing of results, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Or one thing, one thing I noticed, because during quarantine, I sort of had some gym equipment at home. It was pretty minimal, like TRX, some bands, some very small dumbbells. And I felt like the first month or so, I was so motivated. I was so on top of my workouts. I feel like I actually was making progress. Like physically, I felt like I could see progress in my body. And then sort of the second half of this three-month lockdown, I could kind of see my body shrink. Part of it was probably under eating and probably part of it was just the fact that I was doing mostly band workouts and I wasn't really getting enough, I don't know, resistance training or enough progressive overload to really make progress. So I'm very, very glad the Mm -hmm. gyms have been open. And I feel like these last few weeks, I feel, I feel like I'm seeing my body bounce back, which has been awesome. Yeah. So that's so good. Yeah. I hope I get to see you compete this year too. I mean, you haven't been competing for that long how how many years did you say um, I did my first one in 2017 yeah and you already have made like huge huge improvements and just like overall your muscle density is very impressive for the length of time that you've been in the sport thank you that means so much it's been it's been really fun and I had um I had a desire to compete as early as 2013 or 2014 that's I had no idea that you started started so so kind of early in i would say bikini's history because bikini hasn't been around that long that's really cool yeah i remember too because i used to you know back in the day i don't know what you where you got your information i remember back in you know 2013 2014 when i was kind of really getting into lifting i'd go read the bodybuilding.com forums and their articles that's exactly what i did (laughs) yeah so funny and you know i'd look at i'd look at okay this is how you could prep for a show and i had thoughts too where i was thinking about if i could make it work prepping for a show when I still lived in Indiana. And back then too, the crazy thing, I might still have some of the oxygen magazines or some of the muscle and fitness for hers. But back then, bikini did not look like bikini looks now. No way. Like the no. figure pros back then looked like the bikini pros now. And that that yeah. still kind of blows my mind how much it's evolved. I know. It's really crazy. Yeah, I really, I started with like, do you remember Jamie Easton? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I started with her plan because exactly what you said, bikini was like a new sport. And so there were bikini pros, but like there wasn't as much information and as much guidance on it as there is now. Most of the coaches that I worked with when I started working with them, they would do a lot of like bodybuilding kind of approach. There's a reason why that approach is for bodybuilding and not for bikinis. Mm-hmm. And, like, the shape that I had even in, you know, 2016, 2017, totally different than the shape I have now because of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's amazing how it's evolved. And and I think it's a point to note, too, is, like, I think a lot of people, and and that's fantastic if, if this is you or whoever, they get their pro card their first year, their second show, their third show, whatever. But that doesn't always happen. <laughs> no, I remember normally. like no, that's yeah. Rare. I mean, Kaylee, for example, you you had a whole season of national shows where you came incredibly close. Yeah, I did three back to back national shows and came in third place or fourth. So two of them, one that away was from me the pro last card. year. Yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah. But you keep going yeah, but... because you want it. 
and exactly exactly and it's fun and you just see your body continue to reshape and by the time that I did go pro I look back at the other national shows and I say thank goodness I did not go pro at those other ones because my body just I was in love with it so much more and so much more confident and it was my time so I really I do believe that and I believe both you girls need to keep going because you will get it too. And then you'll look back as well and be even more proud. And then you'll get to compete with me on the pro league. Oh, that'd be so fun. That'd be so fun. Can't wait. Yeah. And I think that brings up a point to exactly what you said is like, when I first started competing, I was doing it for just the body and just the abs or whatever the case is, you know, but then you learn to love like the process and like the transformation that you have physically and mentally And that also brings out a new set of confidence in yourself and being able to believe in yourself. And I think that translates into how you do competitively too. And Mm -hmm. last year I would say that, you know, I loved, I learned to love my body when I was at my heaviest, you know, I had to change my mental state about it. And then also, learn to love my body, you know, going from my leanest to increasing gaining weight and reminding myself the purpose and my goals and everything. And I think on stage, so much of it is like stage presence and that confidence really comes out in that sense. Mm-hmm. So we were actually talking about this because depending on where shows are, which states, some of them are mandating at this point that they have masks literally in the venue so if you're inside you have to be wearing a mask in a public space so that means mask on stage i know in three weeks the show in sacramento they're as of right now mandating it and my personality specifically definitely comes out when I'm posing. What are your thoughts if you had to wear a mask, even if it's a blinged out trikini? Yeah, even, so I have seen a couple masks, and I I guess I would look into this, that they have, um, it's a mask, but it's like you can see your smile still, like it's a clear mask. Have you seen those? No, I haven't seen that. I saw it maybe a few weeks ago, and... When I heard about that with the masks like that are mandated for being on stage, like that's actually the first thing I thought. I was like, well, maybe I would just get a clear mask on because I totally agree. A lot of what you do as a bikini competitor on stage, it has to do with stage presence. Love the shape that I brought in last year on the national show, but there was at the Olympia, when I did amateur Olympia, like, to be totally honest, I thought the girls that got fourth and fifth place had a better body than me. But the stage presence and like kind of what you bring to that in that aspect, I felt like ended up placing me higher than them. So being taking that away is a little scary for me personally. Yeah, it just it seems so strange. It is strange, but it, it's yeah. ironic because it's it's bodybuilding. So. A lot of people want you or want the judges to base it solely on their body and what their body looks like and the shape of it, but it truly is the entire package and they Mm -hmm. reinforce that time after time after time. So to now cover half your face, 
Maybe you really do win from the back. I was joking with Laura. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we were having a chat yesterday. Because <laughs> you're not covering up anything there. But it, it's going to be really interesting. It'll be definitely different times. My main thing is photos. So yeah. say you place really well, which or what if we all do, and then... Your point, what if you win the show, yeah. <laughs> and then you are going to want these photos to, mem- like, to remember this amazing event, and you're wearing a freaking mask on your face. You can't even see your face, can't even see your smile. Yeah. Uh-huh. That would be kind of a bummer. That would be. Yeah. There's mixed feelings. Yeah. So obviously, it's just the, the health and safety of everyone, yeah. and the wellness, and our responsibility to allow even these shows to start happening again. I it I understand yeah. it. So whatever yeah. we need to do. Yeah, I would rather have the shows with the masks than no shows at all. Absolutely. Exactly. So, it's just strange. Exactly. We're all and I think it it'll be interesting what what happens like from the East Coast versus the West Coast. What different approaches that they're taking. I agree. Um, it is. And that's why too, so my first show I haven't exactly picked the one I've picked the date because there's mm-hmm. a couple, there's West and East thinking obviously what's better for me and then mm-hmm. sort of what the regulations are and what makes more sense. And say for some reason, West Coast can't even happen. Then at least I have that kind of backup. And mm-hmm. to your point, like I'm, I'm prepping for a show. So I'm prepping for a date right now. I don't necessarily have mm-hmm. a specific show set, but it is. Everything is sort of up in the air, and the promoters are really trying to get these shows going, but it definitely, they are going through hoops and ladders and to make it to make it work to the best to anyone's ability, so. Yeah, and I think that's just so amazing. You know, when I've talked to different people who are involved in producing the shows and stuff, it's just, the effort that they're going, they're going above and beyond to just try to make this happen. And it's, it really is just like so touching that they're, they're really putting forth the, the work for that. Um, because yeah, exactly what you said, like the rules, the regulations, the states, the CDC, everything is just, it's like a day by day process, you know, recommendations change all the time and it's hard to even predict what will be the case in two weeks let alone what it's going to be in a few months i just feel more focused and more organized and more like i'm just my best self when i'm working towards some kind of goal and so that is really what competing does for me in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways and i know there's so many people out there that have more issues going on and i'm things can be scary for them but like keeping focused at least physically I think translates into your mental ability to keep focused and kind of like keep grounded if that makes sense totally yeah totally We're right there with you the other yeah. thing too I found was interesting and I think they're still doing it is the Boston Pro Show and Manitho's partnered up and I'm pretty sure you you may have been a part of one of their virtual competitions for posing right yeah um, I won third place yeah at their posing competition that's awesome though <laughs> which was so exciting because it was like I mean the people who were in this like there's pros in this competition Heck yeah <laughs> And I was like, wow, I got third place. That's like, 
I, I was so, it felt really good because I was like, wow, okay, so this is just a sign. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I was, I think the first and second place winners were pro. Yeah, one thing I've definitely noticed too, I mean, I, I knew you were entered in that competition. I didn't know how you placed. I noticed you've been stepping up your TikTok game during quarantine. So I think we should definitely include that because you... You had that super cute video for the Boston Pro Show, but then it looks like you've also been doing a lot of workout videos. Yeah, so TikTok has been, <laughs> it's funny because TikTok is like, I'm 31, so it's not like in my generation, supposedly. <laughs> but, but I got on there and I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to try this out um, because I feel like, I don't know if this is how you guys are, but for someone who doesn't have experience in like videography, it's and is trying to make workout videos or just trying to make any videos really, um, to make them interesting and to make them fun, but then make them simple enough where you can actually cut and put things together is pretty difficult. Um, I know you can do stuff on YouTube. I know there's a bunch of other apps, but all the other ones that I've tried, I just I can't really figure it out. So. TikTok has been the best for me, just the way that my mind works. Uh, I've actually, like, learned quite a few things from there, too. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll definitely put it in the episode description so people can check you out on Instagram and on TikTok. One thing we wanted to kind of pick your brain about, just because of your, your career field and your background and experience, is we wanted to spend some time talking about hormones and female health. So I know you're a nurse practitioner, and you work in hormonal health and anti-aging. Could you tell us a little bit about that and, and what got you interested in, in doing that in the first place? Yeah, so I think that that's where things, it's interesting people will say, um, either they see me being a nurse practitioner and me being into bodybuilding is related or they see it as completely unrelated. But hmm. for me, I think that it is related and that's really what got me interested in that. Um, into hormonal health was competing because a lot of the way that women react to diet and exercise and just kind of putting ourselves with stress is is a lot to do with our hormones. I mean, our fluctuations in our mood, our energy, our libido, our muscle strength, all those kind of things, hormones encompass that. So it's important to understand that. And anti-aging is, is something that is been around, but it's not really a designated form of medicine if you look into traditional medicine. So when I was competing, that's how I started to become interested in it. And I remember I just like uh, spent hours and hours just reading different articles and kind of trying to understand um, how certain aspects of diet and fitness and um, just whether you're a female or male, how those kind of things affect the way that your body develops. So when I moved to LA or when I was going to move to LA, I was looking into it more and then I ended up um, working at this clinic in Beverly Hills that specializes in it. And basically what I was doing there is I was helping women and men Specifically, I worked with women um, to help balance out their hormones and make them feel the best that they could. And so women, we have kind of like this 
balance of hormones um, that's a little bit more complicated than men. And essentially, like when you, you think about it, like a woman's life, you know, you kind of develop with your breast and, and you end up getting a period and you end up having a baby and all those things are amazing things that your body is able to do that men aren't able to do. So of course our hormones are going to be a little bit more complicated than men. Just for, for no, our benefit ahead. and for, you know, listeners who may not know, like what, what are hormones and as a competitor, what hormones should we at least be aware of or a little bit knowledgeable about? Yeah, so hormones are basically a way that our body communicates. Um, and there's all different kinds of hormones. I think the hormones that people think about most is, you know, they either think about the hormones with their period or they think about, like, the thyroid. But there's actually, you know, tons and tons of hormones. In terms of female hormones... I typically focus more on estrogen, um, which estrogen, a lot of, it's made from cholesterol, which is fat. So estrogen is made through fat, and that's where, when you think about a competitor and they're fluctuating in their body fat percentage, that's where that can also change. And estrogen has to do a lot more than just um, your period and, and kind of getting like that um, fluctuation throughout your cycle. It also has to do with uh, your ability to focus. So mentally, estrogen affects your brain. And um, estrogen also affects the, the lubrication that you have. So a lot of competitors will be like, my libido, I just don't want to have sex at all. And a lot of that has to do with <laughs> Your yeah, okay. <laughs> I, right. It's the reality. But... Uh, so that kind of thing fluctuates with com- competing. So estrogen is one of them. Progesterone is something that is also a female hormone, and it helps with sleep and it helps with anxiety. So sometimes women would have just that symptom alone that they would be feeling more anxious. Um or they would be having a hard time sleeping. And so I would recommend a bioidentical, which is basically a, a formulation that matches your body's um, molecular structure, and to take that at night, and that seems to help them too. Um, another one that I monitor is typically FSH, a follicle-stimulating hormone. And that kind of tells me either where you are in your cycle and then also it tells me where you are in your lifespan. So women who are approaching menopause, um, their FSH tends to go up. The last one that I'll explain to women when I'm looking over their labs is testosterone, which a lot of women are like, oh, testosterone, like I don't want to be like the folk or I don't – you know, women don't have testosterone, and that's just not true. Women need testosterone as well, and that has an effect kind of on your muscle strength, your lean muscle mass, um, you know, also your bone formation. I've had women before who are osteopenic, which basically means that their bone, their bone density is so frail that they're really at risk of having a serious fracture, and put them on testosterone is one of the ways to support them. Um, also helps mentally, you know, libido, obviously, all those kinds of things. So for anyone who's 
you know, wondering about their hormones and just kind of wants to get a baseline, which I usually recommend for anyone, I would say get your FSH tested, your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. Um, those are a good way to start. And for anyone, this is a common question that I get, who's recently competed um, and a lot of women, because of the body fat percentage, they do lose their period during this whole process. I know some women who don't, but a lot of them do. And I typically recommend that before you start to do any interventions um, in like birth control or trying to manipulate your period with birth control, wait about six months and, you know, take yourself out of that caloric deficit, wait about six months. If that, at that point, you know, you've done all you can on your own nutritional-wise and kind of just with time, if that your period hasn't resumed, then I would say, you know, go to see an OB, um, get that checked out, and you might have to be on some kind of short-term birth control to kind of induce that. Yeah. So real quick, because I'm a little more familiar, at least just from a co- from other coaches' perspectives, of estrogen and testosterone – a lot of female competitors, it basically is recommended to kind of alter those levels within mm-hmm. the female. So you're speaking about estrogen helping with focus and also, so what I've kind of seen or heard is they're wanting to decrease estrogen levels, increase testosterone levels in females, but also it's interesting to hear that it has like estrogen has to do with your focus and mental level, but you're wanting to decrease it. So I guess what would you suggest to supplement that and why, why are they saying we Mm -hmm. want to boost your testosterone or lower lower the estrogen? Yeah, that's right. I'm at a loss. Yeah, no, that's a very valid question. And I think that everyone really needs to ask that for themselves because the coach's goal, you know, it depends on what coach that you have, but they want you to go pro and they want you to be able to achieve the goal that you want. Now there's ways to manipulate that hormonally, but you have to make a decision individually what approach that you're going to take with that. And some people will, um, you know, coaches will recommend that you go on certain hormones on testosterone itself, um, or you do estrogen blockers to lower your estrogen Um, But you also have to consider for yourself, and this is really an individual question, you know, of course, what your purpose is, and then also, what are the potential long-term effects for that? Um, I have, you know, when I was in in Beverly Hills, like I was working with women, and I would give them testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone in certain amounts that really should be determined by a medical profession to get them in feeling the best that they could feel. And these women were really in menopause. And so what happens in menopause is your hormones kind of deplete all around. And so that's the reason for the replacement. I don't judge or, you know, discriminate or, you know, anything like that for a woman or a man who wants to take hormone replacement and isn't at that point if they're, you know, younger in their in their 20s and 30s and, and they want to take hormone replacement you know, I say, okay, if that's what you want to do, but I just recommend that you see someone who's familiar with it and who can properly manage it 
who's not going to be um, who's not going to be kind of just throwing numbers or doses at you without really understanding um, what the potential effects are and what kind of symptoms they should be looking at and how to adjust it from there. So the reason to give someone hormones is especially with competing is to manipulate the way that they uh, look aesthetically. So um, testosterone, increase in testosterone, it is definitely going to give you more lean muscle mass and more muscle build. And um, estrogen has a lot to do with where you store your fat. So manipulating your estrogen is going to, um, if you decrease it, it's probably going to make you leaner. But what those will also do is if you're given unproportionate amounts, then testosterone will give you a deeper voice. It can give you more aggression. Um, it can make you more irritable. It can cause like uh, your clitoris to enlarge. Um, it can make you dependent on testosterone for the rest of your life. Uh, estrogen, you know, depleting your estrogen uh, can make you more irritable as well. It can dry out your skin. Um, it actually can make you more unfocused because your brain uses estrogen. Um, so all these things are really about a balance. And that's where for someone who isn't in menopause and isn't, you know, willing to make kind of that long-term commitment with taking hormone replacement, that's where the supplements I recommend because it helps, um, with your body's ability to process estrogen and to help um, support your testosterone levels in a way that um, doesn't require medication, if that makes sense. I mean, I've had uh, I've had coaches and stuff in the past kind of recommend sort of things that are naturally supposed to influence your testosterone and estrogen. So you, I'm sure you know way more than I do, but for example, like I've had Yohimbe recommended to me as kind of a natural test booster. Mm -hmm. I've had DIM recommended as a way to reduce estrogen. One question right. Kaylee and I did have that we would love to hear your thoughts on is what does birth control do to competitors? And and for some context, so I stopped I stopped taking birth control pretty much after my first year of competing. Kaylee still takes birth control. And and we heard you talk about it on Bikini Diaries, and we'd love to hear more because it is something most women can relate to. Either they're on it and maybe have been on it for a long time, or maybe they've chosen not to take it because they've heard it's going to actually hinder their progress competing. Yeah. I mean, birth control is basically, so when I talked about the hormones before and when I've done hormone replacement, it's bioidentical hormone replacement, which basically means that it matches the molecular structure of the hormones produced in your body. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, you're trading one for one is basically what you're thinking of. Now, when you are talking about birth control, this is a pharmaceutical company that created these synthetic hormones that don't quite match the hormones produced into your body and um, for to help you pre prevent you from getting pregnant. Now, they're adding synthetic hormones into your body. So that, everyone responds a little bit differently to it, but it definitely does affect kind of your mood. Um, you know, people can get anxiety, depression from it. Um, 
it can affect your hair. You can get hair loss from it. It affects your your body fat, how your body fat is distributed because you're basically adding more estrogen into your body. Um, they're not giving you birth control with testosterone. They're giving you birth control with progesterone or progestin and estrogen. Mm-hmm. And so those are definitely going to make that, those kind of fluctuations. Um, so I've heard it multiple times that um, – you know, women who compete, they stop their birth control and then they were able to make the progress. And I think Naima even said she got her pro card the next show after she did that. Wow. Um, yeah. So what I recommend in terms of birth control is, because obviously, you know, we're women, we have the potential to get pregnant. And if that's not what you want in your life right now, then of course, like we have to <laughs> yeah. figure out what we're going to yeah. do about it. Right. You, like, we can't just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't just like take a guessing game. Um, so there is there is IUD, which is uh, the low emitting hormone. So it you can get the progesterone only, and you can get the lowest emitting hormone with the IUD. Um, and the benefit of that too is you're not taking a pill, and the pill that you generally take um, includes estrogen, gets processed by your liver, and then increases clotting factors as well, which puts you more at risk for other complications too. So I generally say that if you're a woman, you want to be on birth control, um, you know, depending on what your time frame is and all that kind of stuff, the IUD with the progesterone only and the lowest emitting hormone is the way to go. They do have the copper one, which the copper one doesn't emit any hormones, but depending that really you can only take that one if you've had kids before because um you know you're you're just your body's adapted a little bit differently and um you can generally tolerate that one's a little bit larger so you're you can usually tolerate that one more and if you haven't had kids and you've tried the copper one or you do the copper one there's a potential risk of it being embedded into your tissue and then oh, wow. having to be surgically removed. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No, so thank it's you. like, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So it's like you want to, that one is the best, you know, option for no, no, no hormones. But unless you've had kids before, okay. it probably isn't an option. Okay. So that's why I say the progesterone only, lowest dose, IUD. That's really the, the best way to go for that. All right. Kaylee, have you noticed anything with birth control or what kind of birth control are you on? No, I, since I was probably 16 or so, have been on orthotricycline low. And Mm -hmm. even when I started competing in 2016, I, in my mind, I just refused to get off of that when I'm not trying to have children anytime soon. And I just felt like, in my mind, that would be a disservice. Like, I'm opening up a whole other thing for a competition that it, it's not worth it. So I have yeah. remained on pills throughout the entire time I've competed. So yeah, whether the estrogen levels, and I do take, like, DIM and certain other supplements, knowing that I'm on birth control, too, and it's never yeah. negatively impacted. As far as I know. Yeah. yeah, you probably, I mean, you don't have anything to compare it to either. Correct. I mean, it's everyone's individual choice. The other thing with, the questionable thing is, too, is you're giving your body these synthetic hormones over a long period of time, and then 
synthetic hormones and exposure to um, different environmental factors, I mean, those are what can potentially be cancerous or cause cancer. Um, so, you know, everyone's individual choice, of course, and I respect your choice as well as someone else, you know, who makes a different choice. It's just always something to think about. And I mean, I think that's the whole purpose of this podcast is just to make sure that people are kind of exposing them themselves to um, different factors that might be affecting them. And then also just getting a broader knowledge base too. I think women, we live in this body that has all these things going on and it's a delicate balance and, and we don't even understand half of it most of the time. It's like, it's amazing. So just educating ourselves and understanding that uh, potential risk or things that can occur throughout our life, I think is important. Absolutely. So that, that sort of leads into one of the next questions we had. You kind of touched on it already, but we do have so many hormones and things that can kind of go wrong with a woman's body, especially after a prep. So for a competitor, what are some things that can go wrong with your hormones? How might that show up or how might those symptoms display themselves? Like what should what should competitors know or kind of have in the back of their mind if they're experiencing something that seems off? Yeah, I think that regulation of our cycles is is pretty important. Um, and so just kind of keeping track of that. I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to, because in my yeah. head, I'm like, I yeah, I guess so what, is, what, are the most common, what are the most common things that a, comp- a female competitor might experience or ways that their hormones might be disrupted? Okay. The period, so, the period is the obvious think, one. We kind of all, we're kind of all aware yeah. of that. <laughs> but what are some, what are some other things that a female competitor might experience or trouble with their hormones through, through competing and through prepping? Yeah, I think that dysregulation of our period, whether you lose it completely or it's off or it's just fluctuating, I mean, that has a lot to do with our mood um, that I've talked about and just our um, ability to focus and then our ability to formulate lean muscle mass. So um, those kind of things definitely can happen throughout prep because we're losing so much body fat and we're causing so much stress on our bodies to look a certain way um, and to manipulate our, our muscle structure in a certain way. So being aware that you're doing that and then taking certain steps or approaches to help support your body in the best way possible, I think is what you have to kind of, um, focus on while you're doing a prep or even when you're just trying to lose weight, you know, losing weight is, is stressful on the body. So you guys had touched on a couple things that I think it is helpful and is supportive for our hormones. So one of the things you guys talked about was DIM and DIM is uh, made out of cruciferous vegetables actually. And, and it's like an extract from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, what think, it does, I think the one I bought is like, it has like broccoli or something on the label. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or it says it, it says it has broccoli, broccoli extract. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it's usually made from broccoli. Um, the best one that I have is a combination between the cruciferous vegetables of broccoli with turmeric, which helps reduce inflammation. Mm-hmm. And when we are 
um, there's something called like xenoestrogens. And basically what that means, especially being in LA, uh, you have all this pollution around you and you have like all these different kind of environmental factors that act as xenoestrogens and can increase the estrogen production in your body, but not in a a healthy way. And so DIM is something that kind of filters that out. Um, They actually will use it too with women um, who have breast cancer. So women who have breast cancer and they have this overproduction of um, of estrogen and, and you know tumors and all that kind of stuff, they'll start to use DIM as a, as a supportive supplement to their normal treatment. So controlling in terms of controlling estrogen and especially if you're having like um, waking in particular areas, uh, the back of the arms, you know the lower abdomen, like kind of the side those saddlebag areas. DIM can be very helpful for that. So I usually recommend that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that is, you know, I'm more naturally, I tend to be more estrogen based. So that's something that I take personally. Um, and then, or estrogen dominant. So I usually take that. Um, another thing that you can do that is helpful uh, is zinc. Zinc helps also with your thyroid. Uh, so it helps with your metabolism. So I usually recommend that. Uh, in terms of testosterone, you did mention Yohimbe, mm-hmm. and I agree with that. Okay. The only precaution I would never, I'm very cautious with recommending Yohimbe because it is a, it's a pretty powerful, it can be used for um, like a diet pill too. It's pretty powerful. And some people tolerate it well and other people it can like induce a panic attack yeah it's pretty strong i've noticed that um i've had it recommended to me before in the past as kind of like an alternative to a fat burner slash test booster and i noticed i mean before i was taking it in pure form it's in a lot of supplements it's in a lot of like pre-workouts things like that um maybe in a smaller yeah. dose. But yeah, one thing I did notice, I think you're spot on there, is it can it can um, create anxiety or restlessness a little bit. So I noticed sometimes I was fine and then sometimes I was really not fine. I think just because I'm naturally maybe an anxious person <laughs> a little bit or I just maybe I'm drinking too much coffee. To do... So It can be due to the coffee because what it's doing, it is um, stimulating your epinephrine and norepinephrine yeah. system. So yeah. It is having that effect, and that's what caffeine does, too. Yeah. Um, so I would try not to combine them, but, I mean, I'll be honest, I love my coffee. I love my coffee. So I haven't I haven't taken Yohimbe that consistently just because I think you're right. It, I don't think it was the best fit for me. Yeah. It just can be – it's so powerful, and the way that everyone reacts to it is different. And I will say brands are different with that, noticeably different with that. I've tried like exactly what you said. I tried to pre-workout with it before and it was an intense one, but it was okay. And then I tried it just on itself and a particular brand and it was like overwhelming, like to the point where I was like, I don't even think I can get off the floor. Like my heart is beating so fast. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. So well, I do agree with it, but what I, I don't normally, like if someone asks me, I never really mention it because it's just, 
I don't know what kind of effect it's going to have on them personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think I'm, you know, to some extent, everybody's free to make their own choices, but anything you're taking, I personally like to do a lot of, I'll do my own kind of online research and reading about it. I'll talk with my coach. I try to consult a medical professional before I'm just taking mm-hmm. things too. Yeah, it's just, it's good to know. And like, even if um, you read something and maybe you don't fully understand it, if you reach out to someone else who isn't a medical professional, maybe they can explain it to you, even if mm-hmm. that's not necessarily sure. their specialty. Sure. Um, other thing for testosterone, which I think is the most important, and you guys had talked about it before, and probably why uh, you have those glute gains is because sleep has such a huge effect on your growth hormone and your testosterone. Um, that is probably one of the number one things that I recommend to people is just really prioritizing your sleep. Um, you know, that's our, our body goes through fluctuations throughout the day in terms of our hormones, how they're producing and everything like that in our bodies ability to recover and to produce those hormones depends on sleep good to know what about what about nutrition yeah so nutrition oh yeah you know obviously <laughs> well it sounds obviously. like you can get things from broccoli maybe so. maybe that was a leading question <laughs> oh yeah exactly so you know broccoli definitely i think it's hard to determine because we cook our broccoli how much of those nutrients are actually lost during that process um, so, you know, getting dim from broccoli on its own without taking the supplements, I don't think at, is as effective personally. Um, but having, you know, other things that zinc also affects the way that our testosterone is produced. So, uh, making sure that you're taking like a multivitamin every day that, um, has like kind of a, a variety of vitamins in it to help support our metabolism and our system um in general is important and then having those periods it's not it is to do with hormones in the sense of like um you know when you have a cheat meal it helps our metabolism and it also helps like our system with have you guys ever heard of uh, ghrelin and leptin Mm -hmm. you guys heard of those hormones Mm -hmm. So they're like basically what is produced um, by our body to um, signal our um, like hunger mm-hmm. and our our fullness in our body. Mm-hmm. So those are important in terms of like how we diet, and that is kind of my personal theory in terms of how why certain people tend to binge after they've competed because we've manipulated with those hormones and are you're trying to get your body on you've been in such a state of hunger for so long that like once you actually get the food then you kind of go overboard and I think part of that has to do with the hormones that our body produces so having cheat meals on a regular basis I think is important um, mentally for our metabolism and then also to help support those hormones as well um, I know Lane Norton he talks about that a lot and I've, I've read a little bit about it I think I kind of in the same boat, like, what does he call it? Like leptin resistance or sensitivity yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically you can't get full. Like you've reduced your leptin to a point where your body can't really get full the same way it did before you dieted. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. It's all, yeah, it, it really is. Um, and how everyone reacts, I think, is is a little bit different, too. Um, but, yeah, I think that has, you know, keeping keeping your diet healthy and balanced is important, but then also having, like, stimulating um, your body's response with those cheat meals and, like, kind of, like the sugar kind of thing, you know, increase in carbs and fats and all that kind of stuff just to shock it a little bit, I think is important for that. Yeah. What about, what about just eating healthy fats in your diet? Say after, after you've prepped, I know at least typically what I do, what Kaylee does, our diets are typically very low fat when we're prepping and I Mm -hmm. could be way off here, but I, my understanding is that our hormone and you know, steroids and things like that are, are made up of our fats that we eat in our diet. Does that help? Exactly. Okay. So, yeah. So when you say, when I had mentioned earlier that estrogen, same thing with testosterone is made, that's, that's part of where you get a steroid from is from cholesterol. So you get a steroid from cholesterol and then, um, you know, it's kind of formulated through there. So by reducing the amount of fat that you have in your body, or that you're consuming and just having the low amounts of body fat percentage um, is reducing your body's capability to do that. So definitely having certain things like um, fish oil is important to have. I usually recommend omega-3s throughout prep. And then it's a tricky... I don't know if you guys experienced this before. Have you ever like finished prep and then like all your craving is fat? Have you ever had that? I definitely crave fat a lot more during prep. Like for me, what I notice is I will die for almond butter on prep. I love it. And then yeah. after after prep, when I'm in off season and I'm eating good, I couldn't care less about peanut right. butter, almond butter. I don't crave it the same way. Yeah. It's like your body's signaling your your brain to be like, this is what I want, this is what I need right now, because it's trying to produce those hormones. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just in off-season yeah. with, like, the treats and stuff I'm eating, I'm probably getting enough fat from other things that I don't want enough <laughs> But it definitely takes your body some time to adjust to that. It's not like you're in prep one day and you're off-season and everything mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, yeah. I would say yeah. that it takes – at a minimum, at a very minimum, I think it takes a month, you know, but for me personally, I think it takes two to three months for me to yeah. be like, okay, yeah, back to normal. Yeah. I mean, I always think about it as you sort of want to give yourself the amount of time you prep to, to try to recover a little bit if you can. Not everybody yeah. will take off seasons that long, but. Yeah. So fish oil, I think is important to do throughout prep. I think that's helpful. Um you know, just to keep healthy fats in, in your system. And it's not, it won't supplement a hundred percent of what your body is needing when you're at that low body fat percentage, but it helps for sure. Okay. And what about one of our, one of our last questions was what about the length of your diet and your competition prep? the length of an off season, how does the timing of all that and the length of time you're staying lean, how does that affect hormones? So you're just basically, if you're in it longer, you're 
uh, subjecting your body to longer periods of stress. And then I would also keep that in mind when you're going into off season. Um, you know, it's, it's healthy for a woman to get her period. It means that your body is functioning normally. So you don't want to deprive your body of that ability. Um, too long of periods of, of not getting your period and not having a regular cycle can also lead to um, basically you won't be able to have kids. And so if that's something that's a priority to you, um, that's something to think about. So when you go into off-season, I usually recommend, you know, six months for you to get your period back. Yeah, absolutely. I think recovery – I for me, I love off-season, so <laughs> I have no problem with that. But but there are plenty of girls that don't. They like they like to stay lean. And in the back of my mind, I always think it's good to give your body a break. Yeah. And to stay that lean, too, it's besides the hormones physically – physically the amount of work that you have to do yeah it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and to look that way 24 7 I think it's not it's not realistic I don't think it can be good for your self-esteem or just your mental state if you feel like you're only happy with yourself when you're stage lean I don't think that's I don't think Mm -hmm. that's a good a good thing for anyone yeah that's a whole part of the process and I think that just takes time and experience is learning to love your body at any stage it is you know and People say, like, how can you do that, you know, or I don't think people really understand, but you can be grateful for your body's capability to even get up and walk and go to the gym and even to have that strength to work out, and you can love it for that. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not in that size zero anymore, like, you can still love and appreciate that, and that does an amazing thing, too, you know, just changing your mindset about how you look at yourself. Absolutely. Well, any last thoughts, Rachel? Otherwise, I think we'll we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah. The only other thing I would recommend is taking a probiotic. Um, our gut health is so important, mm-hmm. especially through competing, competing, not competing, just for everyday life. Just, mm-hmm. um, our gut really determines a lot on what kind of foods that we crave, uh, bacteria that's produced in there. So making sure that you're having a probiotic in the morning, uh, it can be really helpful too. For sure. Yeah. Kaylee and I are on the probiotic train in digestive enzymes, you yeah. know, with the, with the cheat meals, okay. <laughs> I with everything. Would say, <laughs> I know. I love digestive enzymes. I have to say though, that's another supplement. The brand matters. Okay. Do you guys agree with that or not? I have one that I've just really liked and I've stuck with. So which one do you like? Here, but I probably agree with you, Rachel, because I have tried others on off season that I feel like may not work as well. But we do. Yeah, I MRM. tried to go the cheap way. Yeah, you I'm, do which one? I'm a big fan of the MRM Digestol IC. So it's a combined probiotic okay. and digestive enzyme. Nice. I haven't tried that one. I just remember one year I tried to do the cheap route. <laughs> like I went on Amazon and got the cheap one. I was like, this does not work. I think this is making it worse. Oh, and gosh. then I, I tried like a good brand and I was like, oh, this really works. Yeah. Well, one thing too, I think we've mentioned this in past episodes of the podcast, but one thing I'm always a little bit careful buying supplements on Amazon because sometimes those supplements can be sitting in warehouses for a long period of time. Like if it's mm-hmm. something that is not sold that often, um, like especially the example is protein. I remember 
I don't know if it happens as much now, but like discontinued flavors of protein you can find on Amazon. It's like, so do you really oh. want to, do you really want to order a, a protein that a company hasn't been making for a year or two? Yeah. So, Good point. well, this has been amazing, Rachel. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you all for listening to Bikini Things. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you got value out of this episode, don't forget to share with a friend. Oh,